The Sellouts is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Nebraska football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Game time is really simple and intuitive. Once you've found the sporting event, music concert, or theater play you want to watch, simply click the listing and get your tickets using Game Time's easy two-step checkout system. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hey there and welcome in. I'm Mitch Sherman flying solo here on the sellouts. Max Olson is traveling. He is en route as we tape on Thursday to the state of Texas. I think he's fleeing the early arrival of winter here in Nebraska, though uh, it has warmed up in Max's absence. I don't know what that means, but uh, he says he's going south to cover the Oklahoma-Baylor game on Saturday in Waco. We'll see. I'm going to be on the lookout for Max's reports out of the state of Texas. I am going to be joined in a few minutes by Jesse Temple, our Wisconsin writer for The Athletic. You'll want to listen to that. Jesse does a fantastic job covering the Badgers. He will be with me live and in person Saturday morning at Memorial Stadium as 7-2 and Wisconsin invades Lincoln. Before Jesse joins the podcast, I want to cover a couple things from this week. First, if you've not had the chance, please go and check out a couple of stories that I wrote late in this week. The first on Nebraska linebacker Jojo Doman and the life he's led with his father Craig as an agent to NFL players, including about 13 former Huskers, one of whom was Scott Frost. Uh, Craig Doman negotiated Scott Frost's NFL rookie deal with the New York Jets back in 1998. Jojo has been one of the bright spots for Nebraska this season with his disruptive play on defense, and his life really has been like a scene crossed between Forrest Gump and Jerry Maguire. So, That should pique your interest. If you haven't read it, go find it. And then just as interesting, posting Friday on The Athletic, I reported a piece on Ty Han, the eight-man high school star from Johnson, Nebraska. Ty is a record-breaking wide receiver with all kinds of athleticism. He He has a scholarship offer from Wyoming and several FCS schools and is seeking to become, if you can believe this, the first eight-man player from the state of Nebraska to get an offer from the Huskers since, if Max were here, I would stump him on this, but since he's not, I'll just tell you, it's Steve Crewald in 2000, a fullback in the Makavika mold out of North Loop, Scotia, a school that no longer exists. It has been consolidated. I recommend reading about Ty Han, a really interesting kid who may end up in Lincoln next season, or perhaps not, because I get the sense that he is not likely to walk on if that scholarship offer doesn't come here in the next month. So uh, a couple updates 
for once here in the second half of the season, we are not talking about the health of Nebraska quarterbacks as it prepares to play on a football Saturday. Adrian Martinez appears fine after the Huskers' bye week. I expect that he's good to go and that his backups are also good to go. We don't know, however, a whole lot about Luke McCaffrey and how he's progressed since suffering some kind of an injury in that October 26th Indiana game at Memorial Stadium. He did not travel to Purdue with the team two weeks ago, although it may have just been because he has only two games left to play in this redshirt season. So will we see McCaffrey against the Badgers? Uh, it's a definite possibility. Another true freshman, Wandale Robinson, may not be able to go on Saturday. Robinson has, of course, developed into one of Nebraska's most potent offensive weapons this year. He's now a finalist for the Paul Horning Award, presented annually to the nation's most versatile player. Wandale is still dealing with an injury left over from the Purdue game. Scott Frost and, and Troy Walters, the offensive coordinator this week, did not sound all that optimistic about Robinson's playing status. I will say that he's been in this spot before and found a way to play. He's a resilient guy. We'll see, though, if if this is severe, a severe enough problem to keep him out against, against Wisconsin. If so, that's a that's a considerable problem for the Huskers who need two wins in their final three games, as you know, to get back to 500 and qualify for a bowl game in 2019. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's get to Jesse Temple, our Wisconsin writer for The Athletic. Jesse, uh, are you, you ready to get to Lincoln this weekend? I'm extremely excited because I heard it was going to be 58 degrees in Lincoln, and that's probably the warmest day anyone in Madison will see until April. Well, fantastic. That's good. That's good. We are happy to welcome you to the state of Nebraska. You were you were in Lincoln two years ago, correct? If I if I remember, re- remind me. You have been to Memorial Stadium and and were at that that horrendous uh, for Nebraska performance in in 2017 against Wisconsin. I have actually never been to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, so this will be quite wow. a treat for me. Uh, I'm really excited, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. What uh, that's uh, that's my mistake. I know you've been covering the Badgers now for close to a decade, right? Um, but uh, what um, what is most exciting for you about this impending visit to Nebraska? What are you looking forward to seeing at Memorial Stadium or in in Lincoln in general? I mean, just from the standpoint of bucket list college football venues, I think Nebraska has to be on that list. They've been sold out for decades, and it'll just be cool to experience that. When you cover a Big Ten program, you want to see all the Big Ten venues and everything those college towns have to offer. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And, of course, let's get the game underway and see what happens. Well, let me tell you, even if it was not 58 degrees and it was more mid-November-like in Nebraska this weekend— you would not experience what I experienced in my most recent trip to Camp Randall Stadium a couple of years ago to cover a Wisconsin-Iowa game when I believe that my toes actually froze off the, 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 the very feet inside of my shoes. Um, you will have a nice climate-controlled press box, and it will be warm inside no matter what it's like outside. Well, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> so e- either way, I'd be asked to do my job, whether they've got uh, temperature-controlled press boxes or not, but I'm glad it'll be a little warmer. For sure. So you're, you're, uh, you're a Kansas guy at heart, uh, grew up in Kansas City, attended KU, um, been covering the Badgers for a while. 
which means that you've seen plenty of Wisconsin backs enjoy career days against Nebraska. There was, of course, Melvin Gordon's 408-yard game and three quarters against the Huskers in 2014, but also big games from Monty Ball and Jonathan Taylor, who's gone for 470 in two games against the Huskers. So why, from what you've seen, do Wisconsin backs have such – they have great days against most teams, but why have they had such great days against Nebraska in recent years? I think back to last year, and it was just eventually Wisconsin wears you out. You look at Jonathan Taylor had a huge touch run against Nebraska in the second half last year, and it was because they just kept pounding and pounding. It's been a little bit different from an offensive line standpoint because most years you say, that guy's in the NFL next year, that guy's in the NFL, you could go across the line and – uh, they lost a bunch of guys that went to the NFL, and so they had to reload. The Buckeyes really manhandled that front, and I thought the offensive line got back on in a big way last weekend in a victory against Iowa. Jonathan ran for 250 yards, which you not see very often against Iowa. Iowa came into that game ranked number eighth in the country in run defense. So I think traditionally that's why Wisconsin has success is because of a really stout offensive line and talented running backs. Nebraska just happens to be on the other end of the punishment there, and you're right, some of those games have been – legendary the melvin gordon game I'll, I'll never forget that 408 yards and he did it in three quarters gary anderson pulled him before the fourth otherwise he probably still holds the record for most rushing yards in a single game it was broken uh not not long after in that season yeah was it was that uh samaje Ryan from oklahoma the freshman i think he broke it a week later it was <laughs> yes kansas i think was on the the other end of that one yeah yeah um, surprising that Kansas did not already own the record for having given up the most rushing yards in a game. But <laughs> but um, in, in fact, I, I think uh, Calvin Jones from Nebraska, going way back to the 90s, holds the Nebraska. Well, he held the Nebraska single-game record for, for a couple of decades until it was broken in the last year of, of Big 12 play for the Huskers. Uh, Calvin went for almost 300 against Kansas uh, one year, but uh, that's nothing compared to 408 for Melvin Gordon. He could have had 500 yards that day. If, you're right if he had played the played four quarters, which is which is just kind of ridiculous to think about. Um, Taylor with 470 in two games against Nebraska um, needs 167 yards to surpass George's Herschel Walker. I'm reading straight from the Wisconsin Football Press notes uh, for the most rushing yards by an FBS player through his junior season. Uh, foregone conclusion that Jonathan Taylor is going to pass Herschel Walker this season. Uh, the Badgers have two games, two regular season games, perhaps a Big Ten championship, certainly a bowl game, uh, which which counts stats now uh, to, to to go over that mark. Does, does he does he do it in like two quarters against Nebraska on Saturday? Or I mean I mean let's just say is Taylor going get, to get get one sixty seven this week to surpass Herschel Walker? Well, if I had to pick one way or the other, I'm inclined to say yes, based on his previous history in two games against Nebraska and based on the fact he's coming off a 250-yard performance against Iowa. I think Nebraska, you would think, will make him work for it, but uh, they've just not been very good, certainly not against Wisconsin. So I'm inclined to say he's, he's going to get there this week. Yeah, I would I would agree. And I mean, I think part of the reason that Nebraska has struggled to stop Wisconsin backs um, is the Huskers certainly in last year, and you saw some of this too with Mike Riley's offense. Um, not quite as much in the Pelini years, but Nebraska wants to play a fast tempo on offense. And if Wisconsin is getting stops against Nebraska, they're going to get the ball back real quick. 
which is going to going to lend itself to the Nebraska defense getting tired. And, you know, some of these games, maybe that's not what happened. I mean, in, in the case of Gordon's game, I don't think it had a whole lot to do with Nebraska being tired in that game. He, he was running for big yardage from, from the get-go. But I, I think the Wisconsin style of offense is a really bad matchup for Nebraska, um, not just the Nebraska defense, but the way that Nebraska plays offense. Because if the Huskers aren't finding a way to grind out long drives, which isn't the uh, – you know, isn't the the uh, the mo for for Nebraska in in any kind of a game? Then you're just giving it to Wisconsin and inviting them to sit on the ball, and eventually you're going to see some runs some runs pop. So, um, you know, what, what's your what's your thought on that? On just the way that Nebraska matches up with its style of play against that uh, that Wisconsin uh, grinded out. I think those are good points you make because this Wisconsin defense for the entire season, other than the second half against. Ohio State and a couple drives against Illinois has been one of the best defenses in the country. And certainly statistically, it would indicate as much. They're number two right now in the FBS in yards allowed. They're fifth in run defense. They're third in pass defense. And they are able to get off the field on third down. And you're right. Wisconsin can move the chains offensively behind that offensive line of Jonathan Taylor. I think of the game last week against Iowa. Those two teams have similar styles, similar approaches. Wisconsin ran 71 plays, Iowa ran 51 plays, and Wisconsin had the ball twice as long yeah. as Iowa in the first half. The Badgers lead the country in time of possession. So, yeah, that's great that Nebraska is an up-tempo offense. If they can hit some big plays, then that can be a, a difference maker. But if they have a quick three and out, and then the defense has to be on the field for a 14-play, 75-yard dr- drive, and then there's another three and out, and they've got to go back out there, I just I think that's trouble for Nebraska, and that's something that Wisconsin has thrived on this year. Yeah. So Wisconsin had that incredible start this year, six and zero, four shutouts, um, and then the, the, the Ohio State game happened, and it kind of looked like, from my perspective, in the um, well, the Illinois game happened. Yes, you can't and forget about Ohio that State debacle. Happened. Right, <laughs> right. So what happened? And so I, you know, I, I was thinking those were reversed, and then I looked at the schedule and realized and remembered that the Illinois game happened before the Ohio State game. So. That that kind of debunks my theory before I even ask the question that that you know Wisconsin uh, was not ready for Illinois because it was down in the dumps after Ohio State. It was the other way around. What happened against Illinois in that game? And I feel like that's going to be something that that is a stain on this season for the Badgers and really holds them back and and perhaps where they're able to end up in the postseason. I'd still like to know what happened myself, Mitch. I actually went down on the field with about eight minutes left. That game was at Illinois. Wisconsin was up by two scores, and the Badgers actually got a huge fourth down stop near midfield, and they're going down the field. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor loses a fumble at the Illinois 17-yard line, and he's been very good at at keeping the ball this year. That was an issue for him his first two years, but Illinois goes down and scores. Wisconsin has the ball, and Jack Cohn throws a rare interception. He's only thrown three this year. Illinois gets in field goal position and wins the game. So it was like a worst-case scenario. And the thing is, you go and look at that box score, and the question is, how in the hell did Wisconsin lose that game? They outgained Illinois by 105 yards. They were 9 for 17 on third down. And again, they're up by two scores with eight minutes left. So I I think there's a tendency to want to lump that game and the Ohio State game together. To me, they're entirely separate entities. Wisconsin, for the most part, was better than Illinois. But they made just enough mistakes to lose. Uh, I call it uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. 
And the defense gave up too many big plays. They gave up three touchdowns of at least 29 yards. And the craziest thing about that entire game, Illinois didn't run a single play in the red zone. So they, they got they got wow. big chunk plays, and we're, we're not accustomed to seeing that. The Ohio State game, to me, is more of a one-off. I could talk all day about that that Nebraska fans won't care about, but like a lot of teams, Wisconsin is just not on Ohio State's level, and they're good enough to compete and win every once in a while, but certainly not every year, and definitely not in a year where they're the best team in college football or one of the two best teams, based on what we've seen. But it's been interesting because they started 6-0 and and it completely changed the expectations. As you know, Nebraska was the preseason pick to win the West, and it was pretty clear early that was not going to happen. And then I think a lot of people looked to Wisconsin and said, maybe they're better than we thought. They're 6-0. and They came back down to earth after those two losses. But I really think that Wisconsin's going to wind up winning its last four games. I, I still think Wisconsin's going to beat Minnesota, and I'll, I'll eat crow if the Gophers win in the regular season finale. And they certainly have reason to boast because they beat Wisconsin last year. But, you know, I I think Wisconsin's going to wind up going 10 and 2. And that's a pretty darn good regular season, even though it's kind of become the norm in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think I think Minnesota is going to lose this week at Iowa. And and then, you know, the magic maybe is is uh, is gone from the Gophers a bit. Look, it's still going to probably be a 10 win season for Minnesota, which is incredible. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think Minnesota comes back to earth. That was that was uh, amazing. Uh, what happened last week? Not not so much that that Minnesota beat Penn State, but just the, the way that it happened and the, the way that Tanner Morgan was able to just pick apart that Penn State secondary. I, I didn't I didn't see it happening um, quite like that. I I want to bring this up, um, and, and and I'm hesitant because there's very little that I despise talking about more than. Is this a rivalry? <laughs> I mean, look, if you have to ask if you have to ask the question, I think the answer is no. That's never a question that comes up in, in Auburn, Alabama week uh, down there. But but Zach Bond, the Wisconsin linebacker this week, was asked about the Nebraska-Wisconsin game or the rivalry, something like that. And he said, it's just another football game because the trophy has never left here. That is the truth. The Badgers have won six straight in this series. They've never given up the uh, Heartland Trophy or whatever it's called. Freedom not Trophy. Sure that I've ever seen Freedom the Freedom uh, Trophy, Mitch. Come on Freedom now. Trophy. Heartland Trophy's Wisconsin, right. Iowa. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm I'm like way uh, way off base. That's okay. There they in, made in up my, this trophy uh, five ten, years ago, ten. so it's hard to keep track of the made up trophies. Right. Right. How long has the Heartland Trophy been around? Have they always no, called it that? That's fairly new too. I don't know. Yeah. They just want to give trophies okay. to everything now to enhance the rivalry. Yeah. All right. I, I don't feel quite as bad. If, if I would have messed up like the axe or something like that, then I would I would legitimately feel bad. But uh, whatever. The Freedom Trophy, the Badgers have had it the whole time it's existed. So is this a comment that you would have expected Zach Bond to make? Is he uh, that kind of guy, or what was going on? What was the? De- I, I, I want to know the context. He is not of this. the kind of guy I would expect to make that comment. And if he were to make it, I would expect it to be after Wisconsin won the game. I was very surprised. And the end of that comment was. Maybe it used to be a rivalry like before he was there, but it definitely isn't mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he's not wrong. We talk about this every year. I think I wrote about it last year. I'm sure I've written about it before. When Nebraska came into the Big Ten, it was obviously supposed to be this huge splash. And the first game that Nebraska plays in the Big Ten as in, in a conference game is in Madison. Nebraska's eighth in the country, Wisconsin's seventh. Wisconsin won 48-17. And for the most part, it's kind of gone that way the rest of the way. Nebraska beat Wisconsin in Memorial Stadium back in 2012, 30-27. But since that time, uh, Wisconsin's won six in a row. 
Some of them have been close, but a lot of them haven't been close. And so until Nebraska starts to regularly beat Wisconsin and actually threaten to win the Big Ten West, it's hard for me to say that this is a rivalry game. There's two storied programs here, but only one of them has consistently yeah. won. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I, from that, I want to point this thing forward and ask you about the future of the series. In particular, I've seen since Scott Frost came to Nebraska a bit more budding heads on the recruiting trail than what I had witnessed, certainly when, when Bo Pelini was coach. Um, with Mike Riley, Nebraska trended a little more west and, and more national in, in, in its recruiting. Um, it's still national with Frost, but I think there's there, there's a, a real emphasis on recruiting some of the players out of the Midwest, the same players that Wisconsin covets. And the Badgers um, have not been shy in coming even inside the borders of Nebraska um, to go after recruits. Um, Bryson Williams, a great example, and, and sadly he's going to be out this game. The Lincoln Southeast grad who was hurt last week against Iowa um, would have been a huge homecoming, his first chance to come back home. Um, but, um, you know, that's one time where they went head to head. We saw it with Bryce Bennett last year, the, the freshman offensive tackle for Nebraska, who's expected to be a good player and is redshirting this year. And there was Nash Hutmacher, the, the defensive tackle from South Dakota, who's committed to Nebraska and expected to sign next month. Um, I thought, inter- interestingly, Nebraska targeted Jack Cohn um, from the East Coast in that 2017 class before he committed to Wisconsin, signed with Wisconsin. The Huskers got Tristan Jebbia out, out of that deal, and we, we know how that's gone for Nebraska. He is at, at Oregon State as a backup right now. So, Jesse, where do you, you know? What have you seen? What what have you what have you thought about the way that these two teams have have knocked heads a bit in, in recruiting, and, and and where do you see that going down the road? Well, I'd expect it to continue to be competitive, but for the most part, you know, Wisconsin kind of sticks to its own philosophy. I think that the Badgers have done exceptionally well, especially under Paul Christ, of identifying talented players really early and then getting those players interested so that by the time other programs come around, like Nebraska, it doesn't necessarily matter as much. That's not to say Nebraska isn't a threat, and you just mentioned a handful of players that have picked Nebraska over Wisconsin, among others, but... I I look at like Wisconsin's most recent recruiting class in 2019. It's the highest rated class Wisconsin's ever had. The two best players are at least highest rated players. They got their first five-star player in 12 years, an offensive lineman uh, from Michigan named Logan Brown. And then they got a four-star quarterback in Graham Mertz, who has been the talk of this program for like two years. And I know fans are eager to see what he can do. But Wisconsin was like the first, I think the second scholarship offer that Logan Brown had, Akron was the first. And Graham, that was his second scholarship offer. Kansas was the first. And then everybody came after him, you name a program. But he stuck with Wisconsin. So I think that's a big part of Wisconsin's recruiting philosophy. They do that so-called building a wall around the state, as Barry Alvarez established in the 90s, which is why you look at their next recruiting class, their top two prospects are both in-state offensive tackles that are going to go play in the All-American Bowl. So to me, it's more about what Wisconsin does well and focusing on itself. And there's always going to be teams that come and go and try to threaten some of these players. But for the most part, I think Wisconsin does a good job of identifying which players it wants and then going after them. And and they're starting to get top 30 recruiting classes, which is not something we've seen traditionally from Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's, and it's a scary thought for the rest of the Big Ten West. If Wisconsin starts to do things with four and five-star players um, out of the same 
you know, do things in the same mold that it's done more with the with the three star players, the lesser talented guys. You know, the the, the players who who are skill players um, in in high school, and they turn them into uh, offensive linemen. Um, it will be it will be uh, you know even more trouble for the Iowas and Nebraskas and, and Minnesotas of the uh, of the the Big Ten West. So. In the absence of Max today, Jesse, we're going to enlist you to participate in the final segment of our Friday podcast every week, and that is to make a prediction. So we're going to, we've kind of already touched on Jonathan Taylor. I asked you if, I, if you thought he would break Herschel Walker's three year FBS rushing record, but we're going to get a bit more specific and pick a yardage number for JT in this game and then of course also a score so as the um, as the guest on this on this podcast I will let you go first I have mine already down in print our producer cam can see them so if you pick the same thing as me you're gonna have to go with something else all right I'm guessing you already have the numbers on how many yards Jonathan Taylor has rushed for in two games against Nebraska you've mentioned it before I think yeah we said it 470 okay. my quick math skills skills would tell me that average is out to 235 a game is that right? That's correct. That's uh, correct. I don't think he'll get that, but I'm going to go uh, 188. Okay. And a score? Uh, I'm going to say Wisconsin 31, Nebraska 14. Okay, good, good. We're, we're pretty close. Uh, we'll figure out a way to pay this thing off. I don't know how we're going to determine the outcome if, uh, if it comes in between. Anyway, I say Taylor has 192 yards on Saturday, Ooh. and I've got Wisconsin winning 31-7. to I know all of, our, uh, all of our listeners will be super excited to hear that, but I, I, I do not – you know, I, I think Wisconsin's going to get back to playing the kind of defense that we saw in the first part of the year. I don't think that Nebraska can take necessarily a whole lot – from what happened against Iowa. That was a close game. Iowa always plays Wisconsin like that, or you could say Wisconsin always plays Iowa like that. And the, uh, you know, the results in the Nebraska Wisconsin series in this, in the, the same years that Iowa and Wisconsin have been close. Um, they don't seem to really be related. So I say 31, seven Huskers are going to drop to four and six. They're 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 truly going to have their backs against the wall as they go out to, uh, to Maryland and the nation's capital a week from now. So, um, Brighter times ahead. I know people hope hope in in Lincoln. We will uh, look forward to seeing you, Jesse, bright and early in the press box at Memorial Stadium. I can give you a tour around the uh, the press box so you can see where where everything is. Um, although I'm sure you can figure that out on your own. Thanks for um, thanks for coming on and joining me today. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Mitch. Thanks so much for having me on. Our thanks to Jesse Temple for carrying the show in Max's absence. Thanks for listening today. Please like our show and subscribe. You can save 40% on your first year subscription to The Athletic by following the link in our show notes or by visiting theathletic.com forward slash the sellouts. We'll return Monday with a new episode to assess what's left to assess ahead of the final two games for Nebraska. That show is available for subscribers to The Athletic on the Athletic app and website in the Nebraska feed or under the podcast section. Have a great weekend.